0: Well, once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. My opportunity to be with you, and then you have welcomed us into your home. Where have you listening to our program from? Thank you so much. In the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 27, we're going to look at a little verse here, and we're going to take and look at two words in the Bible and how these two words, uh, uh, I guess, are seen, and how they play out in the lives of about five different people here. These two words, and uh, I will read the first in the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter twenty-seven and verse four. Hey, by the way, if whoever can help you, you listen to this program, you'd like to have some input. Uh, someone the other day said, "Brother Man, uh, talking about uh, uh, we think about the human element in making programs." Uh, I actually. Uh, took and uh, mispronounced uh, a word. You said, uh, "Shame on you!" I'm a human being. You said, "What?" I'm ashamed of that. And as we, especially, we read the Word of God, when it comes to reading God's Word, we need to, we need to do it just right. So you pray for Brother Mon if you can help me. I'll sharpen my axe. You said, Brother Mon, such and such is sent. You know, go to our website. It's just F-O-M-M dot O-R-G. F-O-M-M dot O-R-G. Go to our website, and uh, you can take and sort of scroll around. Find a place to leave us a message and tell us you listen to the program. Tell us where you listen to the program from. And it would be good to hear from you. That, that That would encourage me. In the book of Psalm, Psalm chapter 27 all the way down to verse 4, and we'll see what the one thing is. In fact, I've just said it, all right? The two words, one thing. And we live in such a rapid pace till we forget about the importance of things in life, and some of the things in life are very important, and we dare not miss out on the important things. Now, here, David is saying this. This is the Psalm of David Chapter 27, verse 4, he said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing, one thing desired. Now, what did David desire? All right, we think about, oh, I know he desired He wanted to build a house for God. Now, he couldn't do it. it something that Solomon was going to do. Now, he did Put together a lot of the materials that was there. But David walking into the tabernacle, uh, what, what what did he desire? He desired just to look in there and see how pretty it was, to look in there and see the, uh, the priest that was there. One thing if I desired, why did he want to dwell? Let's read it again. It says, one thing if I desired of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Why did he want to dwell? In the house of the Lord, I think, with all my heart, that He knew the very presence of God was there, and David wanted to get as close to God as possible. One thing desired: I want to get close to God. Now, what about you? Where to? Where, where do me and you fit in that? What What do you desire? If you're not careful, uh, if you even if you belong to Christ, you know the devil has such. Oh, just throw those temptations in front of us. And what we desire, you know, it'd be just mere things. It'd be things that has to do with wealth and houses and lands and things in general. These things are important, and I know they're important. I have a responsibility as a husband, and as a father, as far as my wife and my children, to provide for them. But one thing desired, the one thing that should be ultimate in my heart is that I get close to God, stay close to God. As we sort of bring this in up in light of the New Testament, so the Old Testament temporal or tabernacle and temple owned, I guess a good illustration of that would be just all just enjoying going to church. You know, many people, they don't enjoy church. I'll be honest with you. I am retired now from pastorate, full-time in missions, But for some reason, I still love to go to church. Just go there as fast as I can go. Why? Because I like sitting in that pew. And many times, I have to be in the pulpit too. But just sitting in the pew, all partaking of the service that had to do with Oh, uh, just, just, I mean, singing some of the old hymns, you know, and singing them, you know, with some life to it, you know, and then listening to the Word of God preached and just sensing in that place the very presence of God. I like that. I enjoy that. Why do you want to go to church, you know? I want to go there so I can be close to God. Can I be close to God in my home? wife? of course. But all when you get together with God's children. I love Local church. Verse 4, he said, one thing if I desire of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, you know. He said in Psalm chapter 73, verse 25, he says, there's none on earth that I desire beside thee. One thing, here we go, one thing desired. David wanted to be close He want to be close to God. In the book of Mark, Mark chapter 10, there's uh, a man that comes and falls down at the feet of Jesus Christ. And... uh he says this. He said, what what must I do that I might have eternal life? That's Mark, Mark chapter 10. You start reading in verse 21. And uh, Jesus told him uh, to take. And basically, he said, just keep the commandments. And he read off a bunch of those or uh, quoted a bunch of those. And the man just looked at him and said something like this. All these things have I kept from my youth up. Now, Jesus knew this man's problem. And he said, there's one thing thou lackest. And he said, you go take what you have and go sell it and give it to the poor. Oh, he bowed his head, and he turned around and walked away. What was wrong with this man? Jesus said, not one thing desired. Now, one thing thou lackest, you know, his trust was not in God. Now, this man was wealth. He's wealthy. He had morality. I'm sure he had the religion of his day. But Jesus said, one thing thou lackest. is the most important thing. He lacked God. His trust was not in God. Now let me bring this up into your life. You know, are you are you saved? Are you missing out on one of the most important things? Many times I talk to people, and in talking with them, Someone are just so nice back to me. and said, "Sir, are you a Christian?" He said, uh, "Yes, sir. I go to church." Said, well, that, that's not what I'm talking about. Are you a Christian? Well, I, you know, I try to. I'm trying to live my life, provide for my family, and try to be good and try to behave myself. That's not what I'm saying. I believe there's something you lack. Like. Do you really have God? Is your trust in God? I. I'm approached. I've been approached at times and said, Brother Mon, I I don't know. I'm not for sure. How can I know for sure? It depends on what you trust. Are you trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you trust what he did to provide forgiveness for your sins? Are you like this man here, wealthy, moral, religious, but Jesus said, one thing thou lackest. All right. Go sell what you got. Now, selling what he had was not going to give him eternal life, but Jesus put his finger on the problem. He was trusting in those riches instead of trusting in God. I like the book of Luke, Luke chapter 10, the story of Mary and Martha. You remember that? Uh, Good, just, Just good sermon material that's there. In the book of Luke, Luke chapter 10 and verse 42, we have Martha now upset with Mary. Uh, these are these are sisters, and uh, upset to the point whereby she addresses Jesus and said, w- would you tell Mary to come in here and help me? Martha was such a good worker, you know. When Jesus came to, and it seems as if it was her house, when Jesus came to her house, very busy, showing hospitality to him, working so hard, maybe even the kitchen to provide special food for him. And uh, there in verse 42, uh, Jesus tells Martha, Martha, he says, one thing is needful. Uh, Mary chose that good part. One thing was needed. See, Martha emphasized work. Mary was showing worship. Work has its place. Uh, Many people let that get out of place. Work, yeah, my responsibility to labor and serve, you know. Work, but worship? So Jesus basically is saying this, one thing needful. Martha, stop. Come sit at my feet. Are you listening? Jesus, I'm sure, says that to you in run of a day if you belong to Christ. Please stop. Just bow your head. Spend some time with me. Come sit at my feet. In the book of John, John chapter 9 is a man that's born blind. Uh, Jesus has mercy on him and provides healing healing for him. And as far as this healing is concerned, this man is questioned by people (laughs) all over and said, how was this done? When was this done? Who did this? How did he do this? And, you know, in John chapter 9 and verse 25, he says something like this. He said, this one thing I know, wherein I was blind. I don't know how it happened. You know, I'm not for sure who this particular person is for sure. Uh, but this one thing I know, wherein I was blind, now I, was, now I see. Now, isn't that good? One thing lacking. Oh, uh, trust in God. One thing needful. Uh... I need to worship God, one thing desired, oh, I need to be in the presence of God. one thing known I was blind now I see. Can you say that? One thing I know wherein I was blind now I see. Do you remember? Do you remember when you were blind without Christ? all oh, that Satan's desire second Corinthians four: four he blinds the minds of them that believe not. Oh, what do we need? We need the touch of God. And oh, when you get that touch, it brings peace to our heart. When I put my confidence only in Jesus Christ, I trust what Jesus has done. I keep emphasizing that because that's so important. I need to trust what Jesus did, not what I do. Then you can say, oh, there's one thing I know. I was blind, but now I see. You can know for sure that salvation My friend, it has come to your heart. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. This one thing I know. I was blind. Now I see. I like Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Paul's talking about, oh, he's talking about the past. And he said, this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. I wish I could read all these verses for you. This one thing I do, one thing desired, uh, close to God. One thing lacking, need to trust in God. One thing needful, need to worship God. One thing known, oh, I'm glad that I can see. One thing to do, what? What? This is the only thing that's going to bring. In fact, if you don't abide by this, you'll never have Christian victory in your life. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. The past, are you listening, must stay in the past. All right. Yesterday is yesterday. Today and tomorrow, yes, we labor and serve and trust God for it, you know. But as far as the past is concerned, the past Must stay in the past. So important that without putting the past in the past, you'll never have Christian victory. The devil will pull this out in front of you often. Oh, I've been in the middle of prayer and have the devil to remind me of something there in the past. It's good to be able to say, it's under the blood, it's forgiven. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind the past must stay. In the past, it's been good to have been with you. I hope these one things have helped you. And until next week, the same time, this is Fisher Munn saying goodbye.